At Evernorth Health Services, we believe costs shouldn't get in the way of life-changing care. And we're doing everything in our power to make it possible. Behavioral health solutions that also keep your projections at their best? It's possible. Pharmacy benefits that benefit your bottom line? It's possible. Complex specialty care that cares about your ROI? It's possible. Because we're already doing it. All while saving businesses billions. That's wonder made possible. Learn more at evernorth.com slash wonder. Welcome to Hey YA. From great new books to favorite classic reads, news stories to the latest in on-screen adaptations, Hey YA is here to elevate the exciting world of young adult lit. Hey YA is a book riot podcast hosted by Erica Azafetti and me, Tears of Price, and we are recording on August 25th. Hello, Erica. Hey, Tirza. How are you? I am great. How about you? I'm doing pretty well, you know, chugging along and the weather has gotten, I feel like we talk about weather all the time, but the weather has gotten a lot more bearable, so that's nice. <laughs> that's good. I. It's interesting because like in just a week's time, um, I'm really starting to see like the turn of the leaves yes. and I'm seeing leaves starting to fall already and like used to be like, oh no, it's not even September, but mm-hmm. this year I'm like, bring on fall. Bring it on, please. Oh. I'm so excited for fall. Fall is such fall is such a vibe. Oh, I love fall. Yes. I was at a coffee shop yesterday and I asked them if they had pumpkin spice lattes <gasps> yet. And she looked at me like I was insane and she was like, <laughs> the syrup is on order. Come back in September. <laughs> how dare. How very dare I you. Know. And I was like, you know, I just I just want what I want. And yeah. what I want is to drink pumpkin spice year round. <laughs> Honestly. And I'm surprised that they don't have it. But I guess they're trying to keep it cute for fall. So it's like, you know, um, the demand versus supply thing. I don't know. I don't know economics or whatever. I don't know. I Yeah. I don't know either. I just know that if I owned a coffee shop, yeah. um, peppermint lattes and pumpkin spice lattes would be year round offerings. <laughs> Peppermint latte. Okay. I've never had a peppermint latte. Mm. Mm. It's good. It's good. Okay. I do like the caramel praline that Starbucks has from uh, around around Christmas time. But yeah. Also, I do like a pumpkin spice. I don't care what anyone says. That stuff, it's good. All right. It's so good. It's really good. Yes. Yeah. Thank you. <laughs> of course. Always. I feel like we could just do an episode on like <laughs> on our, our favorite novelty latte flavors. <laughs> yes. And YA books. We'll match them. <laughs> oh. oh, that's a future show idea. That's a future show. <laughs> Matching books to books to drinks or something. I don't know. Yes. But yeah. Now I'm going to be disappointed after we stop recording that I can't get a pumpkin spice <laughs> latte. But it's fine. I- I'm sorry. It's okay. It's fine. I'll be fine. I didn't mean to do it. I'll be fine. Yes. Good. <laughs> but yes. Speaking of drinks, mm. this is like my my casual attempt at a segue. Ooh, very casual. I appreciate it. Very casual. Mm. Thank you. <laughs> Speaking of drinks, yes. um, our news item of the day is... A Cuban Girl's Guide to Tea and Tomorrow mm. by Laura Naomi Taylor is being made into a movie. Yay. And this is like 
Okay, so we talk, we report on a lot of adaptation news. Mm -hmm. And usually um, what we report on is like, oh, this has been picked up or this has been optioned or whatnot. But this is actually my favorite type of news to report on because not only is A Cuban Girl's Guide to Tea and Tomorrow being made into a movie, but like, the announcement came with like, here is the cast, and oh by the way, they've already started filming, so it's definitely happening. That's wonderful. Yeah, we and we've talked about how it can be so weird with the adaptation news. It's like you, on one hand, they can tell you something like a year in advance, and then you never hear from it again, and then some other times they'll be like, oh, we already finished recording; it's coming out next week. It's like what, right? girl? What? You didn't even give me any lead up, any anticipation. To, I like I couldn't build anticipation because you told me like that last minute. So this is very good news. Like you yes. said, every everyone's casted and filming has started. It's interesting how they can keep things under wraps. For right. <laughs> yeah. I was kind of surprised by that too because, I, yeah, you would think that like something would slip, but I yeah. guess it didn't. And if you follow the author, who I think I, I got her names turned around the first time I said it, it's Laura Taylor Namey, excuse me. She has been following, um, or she's been sharing a lot of the fun production videos and, and stills and um, fun news on her social media. So you can definitely go follow her on social media and we can provide links in the show notes. But yeah, it looks like it's just, I okay, I have to admit, I haven't read this book yet, even mm-hmm. though I have a copy that's been sitting on my bedside stand for ages. And I did read her other book after this one, uh, the title of which I'm blanking on. And I really enjoy her writing. So I'm definitely going to have to give this a read before the movie comes out. Yeah, it looks, it sounds very, it sounds like a very, I haven't read it either. The title sounds very cozy and the, like, the book blurb sounds, the summary of it sounds very cozy. It's like, girl, after her grandmother dies, she uh, was previously at, like, her grandmother's bakery in Miami, and then she goes to the, the British countryside, and there's cooking and tea, British tea shops, and... So it's like, it's very cozy, like, it, it's cozy, kind of like the uh, the title says. So I feel like if you want something, like, cozy, yeah. I feel like it'll be, like, huh, like a like a nice little, like, huh. Like, that's the that's the vibe yes. the movie will give, I'm, I'm assuming. I hope so. Yeah, we could all use some, well, I know I could use some, like, little cozy, nice, nice movies and things like that. So I'm looking forward to it. Absolutely. Me too. All right, before we get into our topic of the day, we are going to hear from our sponsor. Today's episode is brought to you by Penguin Young Readers. So this book I'm about to tell you about is giving five worlds meets spirited away realness. It's about a girl fighting her way back home after getting trapped in the spirit world. It follows Anzu, who's moved to a new town during Oban, a time for families to remember and celebrate their ancestors. Never since her Abachan died, 
Oban has lost its magic. She doesn't feel much like celebrating anymore. So while avoiding holiday festivities, Anzu spots a stray dog down the street, a dog that seems to be staring right at her. So when she chases it, she slips and falls down a bridge, losing consciousness. And when she awakes, she's in the Shinto underworld known as Yomi. The stray dog, she finds out, is actually the gatekeeper of Yomi, and he warns her to return to the human realm before it's too late. Like I said, Miyazaki realness, um, I'm super excited for this. So make sure to pick up Anzu in the Realm of Darkness by my K Nguyen. And thanks again to Penguin Young Readers for sponsoring this episode. Today's episode is brought to you by Song of the Silks Realms by Judy Eilin. Shi Wei is a talented young musician who was orphaned at a young age. Her sole family is a kindly uncle, but then her uncle is killed, and she is, of course, devastated. With no family and no patron, Shi Wei is facing the possibility of a lifetime of servitude playing the chin. Then one night, she is unexpectedly called to perform for the enigmatic Duke Meng. He surprises Shi Wei further with an irresistible offer. Serve as a musician in residence at his manor for one year, and he'll set her free of her indenture. But the Duke's motives become increased increasingly more sus when he and Shuei barely survive an attack by a nightmarish monster. It's like, what, <laughs> what's going on here? So this book is a sweeping epic romanticy that follows a talented young musician who is swept away to the celestial realm by an enigmatic young duke. And who doesn't want to be swept away to the celestial realm by an enigmatic young duke? She's living all our dreams, honestly. Make sure to check out the new book. And thanks again to Song of the Six Realms by Judy Eilin for sponsoring this episode. All right. So today our topic is audiobooks and specifically, yeah, audiobook narrators that we love, narrators that we think do a great job with YA books. I'm excited about this. I listen to a lot of audiobooks. You listen to a lot of audiobooks. How many do you think you listen to? I don't know. However many, like in a week or month or like what percentage of your reading, if you want to share? Oh, yeah. I feel like I've been reading more graphic novels and manga lately. So I don't listen to audiobooks for those. But... Just about every other novel or book or, you know, whatever book that I read that's not like a graphic novel, I try to get an audiobook copy of or recording rather. And I like to have both options. And I realize that it, not everyone can do that. So it's a privilege. But I like to have, I like to be able to have the audiobook. And I also like, for me, I like to read things physically a little bit. It kind of cements me in like, I don't know how the characters' names are spelled and stuff, but I'll, I like to mostly read. I feel like I'm listening to a lot of audiobooks. So, like, if I can, I feel like almost like 100% of the books that I'm reading that are not graphic novels, I've also listened to their audiobook, I will say these days. Honestly, yes. How about you? Yeah. So, I was like a reluctant adopter of audiobooks. Mm-hmm. So let's see. I yeah, I just I I like reading print, but I started listening to audiobooks back when I had my first library job because I 
But like basically we got a new um, overdrive system and my boss was like, we need to be able to show patrons how to use it. So like I would like it if staff right. took a few minutes or, you know, took some time to familiarize themselves with the system. And so I was like, okay, being a good sport, you know, downloaded Libby, was learning how to mm-hmm. use it. And I was like, oh, this is really neat. And um, before I never had like such easy access to audiobooks. Like, you know, I grew up with like audiobooks right. being on CD and that just always seems like more trouble than it was worth. <laughs> and yes. carrying around a Walkman on a book, a book on a Walkman. Right. Yeah. Like, which is only something I ever did as a kid if we were going on, like, really long car rides. Uh, But even then, I'd be like, I'm just going to read my book, you know? Yeah, true. So, I mean, I'm very fortunate in that, for me, audiobooks have never been about accessibility, but more about, like, oh, this is just convenient. So, I – that this and, like, obviously – at this point in time, Audible existed and so did Libro FM and other services. But like I wasn't gonna pay $15 a month just to like listen to one audiobook. Like that that just wasn't a part of like my reading habits. And I'm a very yeah. visual learner as well. So I've always enjoyed, yeah, just like actually being able to read with my eyes. And but like this experience, I was like, oh, you know, maybe I should like try audiobooks. And it was really like out of like, oh my goodness, there's all these books on our overdrive system that we didn't like have like a physical copy of, but I still wanted to like read them. So I was like, I'm just going to experiment with listening to audiobooks. And I was like, oh my gosh, why didn't I think of this sooner? Because I can get in so many more books. So yeah, yeah I became an audiobook listener. Um, I don't know. This is probably going on like six years now, five or six years. Mm. And if for me, it, sometimes it ebbs and flows. Like I listen to a lot fewer audiobooks when uh, during the pandemic when I was just home all the time. But I still like to listen to them when I'm doing a yeah. project or when I'm cleaning and definitely when I'm driving places. So I, yes. yeah, it's interesting because I like to track my reading overall, like year by year. And in 2021... Let's see if I can pull up the stats here. My come audio- on stats. Yes, come on stats. I'm like, you asked me the. I'm like, ooh, I have to, I have to think about that. You got no. stats on. I do on deck. I love I it. I do have stats on because I track all my reading pretty extensively, and I I track a lot of aspects of my reading. So in 2021, audiobooks um, made up 35 percent of my reading, nice. and I read 41 audiobooks in 2021. And I'm not sure how it stacks up for 2022 because I feel like I haven't updated my stats sheet very much this month however mm-hmm. in 2022 so far i've read 14 audiobooks and that's like 21 percent. so it has gone down a little bit but also i might need to update my sheet and probably it, it will probably end up being about the same so yeah i enjoy audiobook listening you know my my partner makes fun of me because like every time we hop in the car and like my car's bluetooth picks up my my phone it's usually like <laughs> blasting an audiobook on 1.5 speed so um but it's i don't know i just like listening to him like that yeah i i also prefer you oh you're on 1.5 yeah so this is a very important question 
I like I like a 1.1. 1. 1.1. 1. 1. <laughs> yeah. So you like a little speed, but not too much. <laughs> yeah, I do still want to like, because sometimes even like, I like to watch like a show or something during my lunch, like something like, I'll watch like a funny anime or some kind of funny, like lighthearted thing while I'm eating um, like lunch or whatever. So sometimes if the audiobook is super arresting or whatever, I will listen to the audiobook instead as part of my break. So I, I mean, well, I don't know. Maybe I do. Maybe I, uh, I have ADHD. So I think I can become distracted with things. And so I feel like having it on a slightly faster, but not super fast that like if I zone out for a second, I can't come right back. Helps me. Yeah. And I will say like that, I guess kind of a segue into talking about, um, accessibility, um, and how audiobooks help people with disabilities and stuff like that. And I think it's interesting because um, I recently got into audiobooks within the last like four years, actually. And they've actually helped me read some books that, like, say, I've been wanting to read for a while, but that were kind of boring for me, <laughs> like some of the classics. They helped me to finish them. And and I know that some people say, I know that there is the saying that like, if you're not enjoying a book, then don't read it, which is totally valid. Sometimes I do want to read books just to see what they're about. But the way my attention span is set up, it's like hard. So they're very helpful for people with ADHD. Also people who are, you know, visually impaired and other different disabilities. Maybe you have, you know, trouble holding a book or whatever. So I'm happy that they have become more popular within the last few years. And yeah, I feel like, I mean, just about any, every book that comes out has an audiobook narration these days. Yeah, it's, it's definitely, I think that aspect of publishing is been like quietly booming. Mm-hmm. And, and I, I mean, not like quietly and that like nobody realizes it because obviously there's a built in audience for audiobooks users right. and readers and it's a huge thing but um just like you know my first book came out last year and i think that the conversations on the author side most of us got audiobooks in our my debut year some of us didn't and that's just kind of comes down to like a rights thing which mm. is another conversation for another day right um, but just because a book is published doesn't guarantee an audiobook usually if it's published with like a big five publisher, all the big five publishers have their own audiobook branches and they generally put them out, but they don't always. And then there are other smaller audiobook publishers that are independent that will put books out, which is awesome. But I think sometimes like the on the author side, like people were forgetting like, oh, I should be promoting my audiobook too. I should be you know, crediting my audiobook <gasps> yeah. narrator because it's, it's for so long. It's kind of seen as this like, oh, and by the way, you're also getting an audiobook. Yeah. But, like, we need to like stop and, and realize and, and recognize that like audiobook readers are a significant like chunk of readers. Mm-hmm. And like there are a lot of people who turn to audio and I especially am just grateful to like libraries because libraries, like I'll be real, I could not afford to no. listen to the audiobooks at the rate that I listened to them if I had to buy them all. Absolutely and not. Same. The <laughs> library is amazing for yes. it because audiobooks are expensive and for good reason because you're not only paying for the author's time and effort, but you're also paying for the production and the narration, which is no small feat. Mm -mm. And so, yeah, they're expensive for good reason. And that's why I think that having them available through libraries is just brilliant because we all share in the cost and we all share in the benefit. 
Libraries are just amazing. Um, Libby is also a very good app for like the user experience. I've like, I feel like their user experience is pretty good. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. And they, they, I feel like they offer a good variety of speeds. Cause like just the two of us, we have a differing opinion on like speed. So like that definitely affects, you know, comprehension and enjoyability and everything like that. They're, oh, they're, totally. um, yeah, I, they're very uh, customizable in that way. And as you said, Narrating an audiobook is no small feat. And I will, I feel like it's interesting because I won't, <laughs> I have, I didn't notice how vital, how talented audiobook narrators were until I got one to one that wasn't too hot. Yeah. And I was like, Oh, you're taking me out of the story. This is unlike this other person I just read. And I think it's interesting too. One point on, I know some people, well, I think we're getting away from this idea, but I know that some people say that listening to audiobooks is not the same as reading a book physically, and I feel like that is just super, just not the case, because I feel like I envision, you know, what what I would normally envision reading a book. And I will say also that listening to audiobooks sometimes makes me pay attention to certain details that I wouldn't if I were reading the book physically, and vice versa. So... I just want to put a note out there for the audiobook haters. Yes. <laughs> we, uh, yeah, we have like no judgment when it comes to how you consume your books because, yeah, it's, it's all reading. It is, honestly. But yes, so some of our favorite audiobook narrators. Yeah. Who, who is one of your favorites, Tirza? Let's start with you. Okay. Well, one person who, if I find out that the book, like if, I, if there's a book that I really want to read and then I find out that like she's narrating the audiobook, I mm. almost always go with the audiobook is Sunila Nankani. I really like her narration and she has done a ton of books. Um so she yeah, like I think if you were to just, you know, look at her on Audible, you would be like, "Oh my gosh, so many different different books." But the ones that I have read and listened to and really enjoyed are um, Kings, Queens, and In-Betweens by Tanya Boteju, and also more recently The Knockout by Sajni Patel. So Sajni Patel is um, a romance author, but also has some YA titles, and I feel like maybe her YA titles aren't quite as well known as her adult romance. But The Knockout is this great book about this um, teenage girl who's a Muay Thai fighter. And oh. Muay Thai, yeah, it's really awesome. Okay. And she's from this very traditional conservative community. Her parents are supportive of her being an athlete. But, like, she also knows that, like, the other people in her parents' community will not be similarly supportive. Mm-hmm. So she really keeps it on on the down low until, she, of course, she starts dating the community's golden boy and he's, like, impressed that she's a Muay Thai fighter and not, like, you know, appalled that she's so unladylike that she's, <laughs> you know, basically doing a contact sport. And so the book is about how, you know, Muay Thai is poised to be added to the Olympics and she needs to qualify for nationals with the possibility of potentially going to the Olympics one day. And I, I like the narration was great. The book was awesome. Mm-hmm. Um, I really enjoyed it. Um, another, so the first title I mentioned, Kings, Queens and Inbetweens by Tanya Boteju is this really great novel about a Canadian teen who 
is dealing with the fact that her mom recently left and she's also, you know, questioning her sexuality and she stumbles upon a drag show at a summer festival in her town. And it like opens her world up to this queer community that, you know, is not too far away from her hometown. They're really welcoming and she's got this new crush and, and she's trying to figure out her place in the world. Um, But she also like makes all these really cringeworthy choices and you're like, Oh no, don't do it. But you know, (laughs) teenagers, they make mistakes. And so that's kind of like, they're two very different books, but they were both really well done. And what I appreciate about Sunil and Ankani as well, because I've also listened to a lot of adult books that she's narrated. She does a really good job of when she's narrating a YA book. She sounds like a teenager. Oh. And she's obviously an adult and she's narrated adult books and she sounds, her voice kind of sounds a bit more mature, but I don't even know how to say it because it's not like she's doing voices. It's just like the way she inhabits the character I think is really good. Yeah, that's one thing with the with audiobook narrators. It's like it's hard to describe sometimes. Yeah, but like nothing will turn me off of an audiobook for a young adult or a kid is if the narrator sounds old. Which like <laughs> is no shade against like the actual narrator, but like No shade to the elderly. No, I'm just kidding. No. But like there's there's some people who like yeah, like, you're like, mm, they don't sound like a teenager. So I, you know, and that sometimes does take me out of it. But she does a really good job of kind of going both ways. Yeah, I haven't, I don't know that that takes me out, like them not sounding young. But I feel like, but maybe, mm, I haven't even thought about that. Maybe it's that they inhabit youth, like, ne- not necessarily that their voice sounds young or not, but like, like you were saying, like they inhabit the character. So my one of my favorite, favorite audiobook narrators, like I think he does such a good job that it got me paying attention to him, like kind of like what you said, like, oh, he's narrating. Oh, I'm, you know, I'm about to read that. Listen to yeah. it, whatever. Uh, Kevin R. Free. Ooh. And he does a combination of YA and adult books. His catalog is extensive. I don't know how many he's done. But he's done a lot. He's narrated a lot. He is such a good narrator to me. I don't know. I love him. Um, his YA book that I did listen to that he narrated um, is called The Haunting of Jake Livingston by Ryan Douglas. And that is, if you're looking for a book for the upcoming fastly approaching spooky season, it's definitely a good one. It's about a black queer kid in Atlanta, Georgia. I believe it was Atlanta, Georgia. Yeah, I read this like a year ago, but I still remember a lot of it. Yeah, it was like in Atlanta. He goes to the school. He's dealing with racism and homophobia and stuff like that. And he has this talent. He can see like the other kind of like the other realm that exists parallel to our world, which is like the land of spirits and ghouls and stuff like that. And it's like the book takes turns speaking of his existence. And also there was this kid, um, this white kid who was like a school shooter who also took his, who took his own life and his spirit has come back. And he still is angry about certain things and why he's angry gets revealed later. It's very interesting. I really like the story. It was like, it was an infuriating story, but it also had some like catharsis or whatever. It was just really good. It was, you know, creepy and spooky, but also like inspiring. 
I feel like it left room for a sequel. So I'm looking at that, you know, mm-hmm. Ryan, you know, I'm trying to wait for you. Ryan also has a very funny Twitter handle. I forgot what it was, but it was scandalous. So I'm also here for that. But yes, <laughs> <laughs> Kevin R. Free. Oh, there is a there is an adult series that I really like that Kevin um, narrated. And that is Murderbot. Not YA, but he does such a good job. And like you said, like he inhabits the characters. His acting is just so good. The intonation, just it really transports you into the story, I feel. He's like my favorite audiobook narrator. Awesome. Another book that he's done twice, I haven't listened to, but it's titled In Deeper Waters by F.T. Lukens. It's another queer story. I think it's like pirates and magic and and all the nice, fun, gay things. So, yeah. that's. A, I mean, that one's on my list. I just haven't read it. But, yes, Kevin R. Free. Hit him up. <laughs> Look at him. <laughs> Seriously. I don't think I've listened to one by him, but I do have The Haunting of Jake Livingston on my TBR, so that is good to know. I liked it. It was fun. Awesome. Um, let's see. One that I really love, another one that I really love, and that I know a lot of book rioters love as well, is Frankie Corzo. Mm. And... Yeah, our managing editor, Vanessa, actually wrote a post, which we'll link in the show notes, um, five really fantastic YA audiobooks narrated by Frankie Corzo. And Vanessa talks about how one of the reasons why she loves Frankie is that um, she is somebody who's like a good um, narrator, but also um, really nails um, Spanish in books, which... I know from talking to a lot of our Spanish-speaking Book Riot contributors that sometimes in audiobooks, the pronunciations and the accents are not accurate. Um, so this is a case where it's important to have somebody who can speak both languages and, and understands like the nuance of accent and pronunciation. And, you know, I... I only know a little bit of Spanish, so I'm not an expert. But apparently, according to other book writers, Frankie Corzo really nails it. And I've really enjoyed some books by um, that she's narrated as well. So, you know, she did, we were talking about at the top of the episode, A Cuban Girl's Guide to Tea and Tomorrow. She did the audiobook for that. Um, she's done the audiobook for, audiobooks for a lot of books with narrators who are Latine and who speak Spanish. So that's awesome. Recently by her, I have listened to What I Want You to See by Catherine Linka, which is a really great YA book. Um, It's kind of like a YA adult crossover too. And it's set in freshman year of a fine arts college. And it is about this girl who got a full ride merit scholarship to this art school and it's her dream. But at the beginning um, of the book that you, you learn that her mom died her senior year of high school and she has no other family. She has no safety net. So like this scholarship is really all that she has. The only thing that's basically keeping her with a roof over her head and a purpose and a job and insecurity. And it's about how she is struggling to impress one of her art professors who kind of threatens that like, hey, if you don't like basically pull it together in my class, like you could fail and you could 
lose your scholarship. And if, you know, she lost her scholarship, she would be homeless. So she um, gets very desperate and she makes some interesting choices. Mm. And Mm. I really like this book a lot. Um, But it is also one of those ones where you're like watching the character make choices and you're like, no, don't do it. Don't do it. Please, Um, no. Yes. So I listened to that one on audio. It's excellent on audio. And then... um, Awesome. Yeah, a book that just came out is Never Coming Home by Kate M. Williams, which is like, and then there were none, but with like 10 teenage influencers who are all sent to a private island and they think it's going to be like an influencer island and it turns out not to be that. So <laughs> very fun. And she yeah. does a good job because that's a multicast audiobook and she does a really good job kind of nailing each different character. That sounds really interesting. I that is instantly has instantly been added to my TBR. Yeah. You said and then there were none, but for like millennials slash Gen Zers, I yes. am into that. I'm super into yes. that. Yes. I love it. Yeah, it's like influencers, but and then there were none. <laughs> yes, I yeah, I am in there like swimwear. But yes. I've never heard that before and that just made me snort. <laughs> thing i feel like i heard in like love it college it's super goofy <laughs> it makes no sense other than to rhyme but yes um my <laughs> it expresses my feelings for that very well yes i will say you know i definitely like other narrators that i won't mention during this episode because there are quite a few as i mentioned before like i know that an, uh, a narrator is good when i don't realize When I'm not thinking about the narration, I'm just listening to the story because there have been times where I'm listening to the narration. I'm like, ooh, I can't finish this. This is terrible. No, you know, no shade of those people. I hope they, you know, I mean, I'm not a narrator, so I, you know, probably would not do too well. But there are some that just are not as done as well. So it kind of takes you out of the story. Um, But I only say that because there are so many good ones. So I'm not, you know, not going to be able to speak about all the ones that have been great. But to your point of like being um, knowledgeable about language and possibly even being a part of the ethnicity and or culture that the characters are a part of, it helps so much with putting you into the story. A couple of my narrators, I feel yes. that applies to them. So Grace Rolek. Uh, narrated A Thousand Steps Into Night by Tracy Chi. And also, We Are Not Free by Tracy Chi, which I have not read. But I believe We Are Not Free is about um, Japanese internment camp. Basically, like these teens get sent there, you know, during like World War Two in the US. And they're like from different walks of life, kind of. They're all Japanese. And they're like basically dealing with that. I have not read that, but that is on my TBR. I have read A Thousand Steps Into Night. It, I think, was that about, was that a, I feel like that was one of my best books, part of, part of that. Cause I'm like, it was, this girl is turning into a, um, brightly blue colored demon. If that rings a bell. Yes. Yes. And I was like, why wouldn't you want to be a demon? And she's like questioning. So it's kind of like an alternative history, an alternate history Japan. In like probably like it ne- they never gave a year like 1800 1700 something like that maybe early, mid to early 1800s so she 
you know, gets kissed by this female demon and that makes her start turning into one. She's shunned by her um, village and her father, which is super heartbreaking because her father is the only person she has. Her mother ran away, the scalawag. She ran away years ago. And so um, she goes on this. She is immersed into like the kind of like more spiritual or the spirit world with all of the you know creatures and deities and everything like that and she's on this quest to stop her from fully turning into a shiwa i believe it was called which is just a great name it's like shiwa i don't know i like it uh, which is this like very brilliantly blue colored demon but she sis is gagging because she's like wait female demons and women you know feminine presenting beings in the spiritual realm are treated with more respect and dignity. Do I really want to be a human female again? Hmm. Questions. (laughs) Questions that need answering. So, I, you know, poses some really interesting questions. It was such a nice journey and Grace gracefully led me through. Okay. It was, it was awesome. And that's the type of like, like, that's like the kind of audiobook that I would like substitute as a show because it's just like the story itself it's got so many interesting components and listening to it at you know listening to it being performed by a talented narrator it feels like i'm watching a movie or something basically so she's excellent i would i would listen to anything by her i will say too um yeah there is even when like so there are some um like Japanese words or Japanese inspired words throughout. And when you have someone pronouncing it correctly, it again, it it cements you into the world that the author was trying to put you in. So that's just very helpful. Yes, for sure. All right, we're going to tell you about some more audiobook narrators. But first, let's hear from our next sponsor. Today's episode is brought to you by Flatiron Books, publisher of 888 Love and the Divine Burden of Numbers by Abraham Chang. So this is an interesting love story. It's great for fans of Tomorrow and Tomorrow and Tomorrow and High Fidelity. It's set in the mid-90s at NYU. And it follows young Wang, who has gotten the advice of love through Chinese numerology from his uncle. So he believes that he will have seven great loves in his life. And then he meets Irena in 95. And she's like the best. She's brilliant, charismatic, quick-witted, funny. They fall in love. But the thing is, she's number six. So if he is to have seven great loves, does that mean his time with Irena is going to come to an end? So this is a love letter to Western pop culture, Eastern traditions, and being a first-generation New Yorker. Make sure to check it out. And thanks again to Flatiron Books, publisher of 888 Love and the Divine Burden of Numbers by Abraham Chang for sponsoring this episode. This episode is sponsored by The One That Got Away With Murder by Trish Lundy. Robbie and Trevor Cressmont have enough wealth to ensure they'll never be found guilty of any wrongdoing, even if everyone believes they're behind the deaths of their ex-girlfriends. Let us all take a collective angry sigh at that. Lauren O'Brien, the new girl at school, has a dark past of her own, and she's desperate for a fresh start. Except when she starts a relationship with Robbie, her chance is put in jeopardy. 
During what's meant to be their last weekend together, Lauren stumbles across evidence that might just implicate Robbie. And after a third death rocks the town, she must decide whether to end things with Robbie or risk becoming another cautionary tale. This is an edge-of-your-seat YA thriller that's perfect for fans of Karen McManus and Holly Jackson. Make sure you pick that up now wherever books are sold. And thank you once again to The One That Got Away With Murder by Trish Lundy for sponsoring today's show. Okay, so one of my, I would say this is like a newer audiobook narrator discovery for me mm. is James Fooey. And I have, I'll be real, I've only listened to him narrate a couple of books, and they were both books by Ben Phillip. Ben Phillip has written Field Guide to a North American Teenager, Charming as a Verb. Um, he's also written an adult collection of essays, but it's technically adult, but I feel like it really um, is great for younger teen readers as well. Mm-hmm. And it's called Sure, I'll Be Your Black Friend. <laughs> um, <laughs> notes from the other side of the fist bump. Oh, no. So there was a subtitle <laughs> that was equally, equally killed me. <laughs> I know. Oh, my God. <laughs> it's, it's It was a really very funny, but also like very... You know, it could it, it puts your heart through the ringer at times. Yeah. Um, it's a collection of essays just basically like about his experiences growing up, usually being one of the few black kids in a room of white people. And it's funny, but it's also like heartbreaking and tough at times. And it's it's definitely like one of those books. If you really like Trevor Noah's Born a Crime, you would like sure I'll be your black friend is really funny um so that's actually technically his adult book but the first book I read by him narrated by James Fooey was um charming as a verb which is this fantastically hilarious um YA novel about this kid named Henry he is Haitian American um his parents are Haitian immigrants who have high expectations for him he lives in New York City He lives in Manhattan, but only because his dad is a super of a very nice building. And so they get to live there. And he has a scholarship to a very fancy high school. And he has a lot of hangups about like people perceiving him as poor. And he wants to get into Columbia like that has been always been his dream. And so he has this benign side hustle where he walks dogs to make money. Um, but unbeknownst to the people that he walks dogs for, they think that they're hiring him through this app and that he's just getting paid like a side gig hustle type of cut. But in fact, he invented the app. And so he's double dipping as like, oh, yeah, I'm getting the money because I'm taking the platform money, but I'm also, like, taking your money for walking your dog. LOL. I'm not mad at the hustle. Yeah. I'm not mad. I'm not, I'm not mad. It's a very benign side hustle, yeah. and I'm like, good for this kid. He's going to go places. I like that you say benign side hustles. Like, those other side hustles? I don't know, but this one is <laughs> <Right>? benign. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's just, I mean, I guess, I guess, now that I'm thinking about the implications of my words, um, <laughs> No, I'm going to use that from now on. I got a side hustle. You know, it's benign, but you know. <laughs> I love oh it. Gosh. I love it. Yeah. So it's it's like some, it's some mild deceptive tactics, yeah. but at the same time, I'm like, good for you guys. Yeah. You, you get that dog walking money. You earned it. Honestly. And so, yeah. And he feels a lot of pressure to like make money, contribute to the household, 
do well. Um, and so it's about what happens when this girl who's in his class and lives in his building, she's kind of unpopular and she's known as being like really intense. She figures out mm. his gig mm. and she threatens to expose him unless he helps her become popular. What? And so, yeah, that is it's definitely really not funny. benign. Blackmail is not that benign. That is not benign. <laughs> <laughs> no, that blackmail is not good. No. So it's really great. I mean, the protagonist is hilarious. I really liked the setup. And of course, this is like the type of book where you think like, oh, it's just going to be this funny YA novel. And then like things get kind of intense about three quarters of the way oh. through. And you're like, oh, no, oh, no, oh, yeah. no. And and so um, and in that and like a, I just want to make this clear because um, I am talking about a book with black characters. I don't mean in the sense that like there's violence or anybody gets hurt, Mm -hmm. but like things get intense for the plot and for the characters. And you're just like, Oh, this is going to be bad. Mm. Um, And you're like, I just hope he pulls through. And, and so just be aware of that. Cause it kind of looks like it's going to be like this funny rom-com and then yeah, things just get really serious. But it was really good, and I actually this is what I really like about Ben Phillips' books, and what I like about James Fuey's narration is like they can go from like that deadly serious like this is reality and this sucks yeah. to like really funny moments, and I think it takes a really talented narrator to be able to pull off that range of comedy. Absolutely. So yeah, I really highly recommend this book. And um, if you look him up, James Fui, um has done a lot of YA narration as well. So I have not listened to more of his narration, um, but he's excellent. And based off of like how he brilliantly did Ben Phillips books, mm. I would probably listen to anything that he narrates. Also, just a side note for for Ben Phillip, another little pitch for him. He's also a writer on Only Murders in the Building. So if you like what? that show. What? That gave yes. me a tingle. I did not. What? <laughs> Are you serious? Yeah. Yeah, he did. <gasps> that was such a fun show. That show is so, like, I lived in New York City for a few years. And, like, so it. It may hit diff- a little different for me, but it's just like kind of nostalgic for me because I don't live there anymore. Yeah. But also just great otherwise. Ooh, that show. I'm actually, is that due to come back? When is that, when is that, when is that coming back? Yeah, the, there's going to be a third season. Okay, they need to get on that. Is there, oh, I haven't watched the second season. Oh, yeah, there's a second season and it's out. And what? they just confirmed that they're gonna like they cast somebody like they cast Paul Rudd for the third season. So it's there's gonna be more Paul Rudd. Are you serious? Yeah. Oh, that is excellent. Isn't wait, Paul Rudd is the one from Clueless, right? I'm, I have that right. Yes. He yes. hasn't aged in like 30 years. It's fine. <laughs> I know. It's it's fantastic. It's a problem, but not really. I I didn't even realize the second season was out. Wow. All right. So I know what I'm watching. So, so many exciting things. <laughs> yes. Okay. So Ben Phillip is awesome. Um, okay. So that got added to my list. Obviously, Charming is a Verb. I love a good, funny, a good, funny audiobook. That sounds like that would be great um, as a Netflix mini series or movie, too, actually. Oh, it really would. Like a Netflix movie. Yeah. It would be brilliant. Just from how you described it, I'm like, that sounds really interesting. Yeah. And it does have a happy ending, because I feel like I, I I was like, it gets really intense. Yeah. But like, it does, but like, in a good way that makes you think, and then it has a happy ending. So don't worry. You gotta, you gotta contrast the, you know, the sweet with a little sour. You know what I mean? Yes. Make the sweet taste better. I don't know. Um, so 
I have another audiobook narrator who narrates. I really love Asian inspired mythology. Not Asian inspired mythology. Asian mythology inspired. <laughs> I was like, brain, help me out here. What am I trying to say? Fantasy that's been inspired by like Asian culture and mythology and history and different cultures of mythology. But I, re- I feel like I've been reading um, more that have been inspired by um, Asian culture lately. So Daughter of the Moon Goddess by Sulin Tun. I've mentioned it before in here a couple times. I really enjoyed it. And the audiobook is narrated by Natalie Nottis, who did an excellent job, um, an excellent job with um, the different characters' voices, who obviously, yes. But I mean, like, it's interesting when you can, as a not an audiobook narrator, you can switch between genders. And I don't feel like you're like, if like you're a woman or feminine presenting, I don't feel like it's like when you imitate a man or, you know, masculine presenting character, um, it doesn't feel like, it doesn't take me out of the story. I feel like, she does this very well. And also, again, the point you made with uh, languages and stuff like that, the like Chinese words and characters' names are pronounced well, as they should. So it, for one, it helps me know how to say their names because I, you know, I'm not familiar with um, like Mandarin or Cantonese or anything like that. So it helps me know how to say them. As I said before, sometimes I like to look at the physical book a little bit just to kind of see like how the names are spelled and then go back to audiobook. So I super duper enjoy Daughter of the Moon Goddess. I feel like the book had like 500 pages or something. It did not feel like listening to the audiobook. It didn't feel that long because I was zooming through it um, in a good way. She's also narrated Sky Hunter by Marie Lu. And I Kissed Cheryl Wheeler by Casey McQuiston. So Natalie is on and popping with these books. You know what I mean? <laughs> like she's getting some really good ones. Definitely check her out. Yeah. All right. My last um, audiobook narrator that I want to shout out is somebody that I think she might have narrated one of the first audiobooks I listened to. Mm. Um, so she's been on my radar for a long time. And that is Emily Wu Zeller. Uh, she is great. She, and if you um, just like search her name on Audible or Libro FM, she's narrated like over 500 audiobooks. What? So, <laughs> I know. It's so like, how does she have a voice <laughs> after all that? And like almost 100 of those are YA audiobooks. Wonderful. So she, um, what I like about her, is she does a lot of audiobooks for certain authors so if you really like an author's backlist she's usually done a lot of their books as well Mm -hmm. um so some of those authors include gloria chow who i think i've read all of her books on audio because emily has narrated all of them maureen gu um who else stacy lee Mm. i listened to under a painted sky by emily by stacy lee which was narrated by emily 
Um, and um, she also narrated Melinda Lowe's um, newest um, Last Night at the Telegraph Club, which, of course, is mega award winner, much beloved by us. But then um, Melinda, um, her audiobook rights for her first couple of fantasy novels, Ash and Huntress, were reverted back to her. And so they were re-released with Emily Wuzeller narrating them as oh, well. So cool. yeah, there's just some, and she also narrates um, Six Crimson Cranes, which I read in print, but you and I both loved. So just a shout out for that book. Oh, so I've heard of, yeah, I've listened to her then. <laughs> Yeah, okay. <laughs> yeah, I'm just like, wait a second. I'm like, if you're based on the authors that you're talking about, because I'm, as I said before, I'm like, I'm not obviously can't list everyone that I've loved, but I'm like, oh, she's narrated all those. I'm like, I've listened to her then, and yes. just not registered. You, you definitely have, yeah. and she, yeah, she's just done so many great books. Mm. So I, like I said, I listened to Under a Painted Sky. I think one of the um, standout ones for me was It's Not Like It's a Secret by Misa Sigura. And I feel like this is a book that is not appreciated enough. It's this really, really, really great novel about this Japanese-American teen who, in the start of the book, is living in Wisconsin. Her parents are deeply unhappy. And she definitely has picked up on that tension mm. her entire life. And at the beginning of the novel, while they're still living in Wisconsin, she stumbles upon the fact that her dad is having an affair. Yeah. And it's awkward because she is not sure if she should tell her mom or not. And then her dad comes home and is like, we're moving to California. Like, not a discussion. I've got a job in California. We're going. And so she's dragged to California and she has a lot of conflicting feelings about this because on one hand, she's never really felt at home in Wisconsin and she's got some classmates who say, you know, racist things, uh-huh. lots of microaggressions. And then she moves to California and all of a sudden she has like Asian friends her age for the first time in her life. And it's really like eye-opening and exciting for her. But she also knows that the reason why they moved to California is so her dad can be closer to his mistress. Yo! And so that's awkward. I'm gagging. No. I thought it was for the job. He's a liar. I mean, it's it's for the job, but it's also for the mistress. It's also for and the mistress. <laughs> right so and then she also you know that's a big secret she's keeping from her mom but like her other big secret is the fact that she is queer and she likes girls Mm -hmm. and she hasn't told her family this and so all of this is going on and she gets this crush on this girl who is mexican-american and it's kind of fraught because people in her school sort of hang out like you know, her, her friends explain, like, well, you know, the Asian people hang out with the Asian people. The yeah. Mexican kids hang out with the Mexican kids. There's not a lot of crossover. And she's just kind of like, well, I like this girl. So, like, why wouldn't I hang out with her? But there's a lot of, you know, racial sort of tensions and, and misunderstandings that's going on. And I really liked it, too, because I feel like in YA, if you see interracial relationships, it's usually like a white person and, yeah. and, you know, another, like whether it's an Asian American or, or Black yeah. um, characters. So this was kind of cool to see like two characters in an interracial relationship where one of them wasn't white. And that that was just an interesting dynamic that I don't see very often. So, um, yeah, that was like, I just had to say this book because that was a standout book for me. I love that book. But Emily Wuzeller, she's literally narrated hundreds of books. You'll love her. 
I, yeah, I feel like that book is tempting me out of my fantasy um, stronghold. That sounds really interesting. It was great. Yeah, uh, that's also going on the TBR. Thank you, Tirza. Um, my last one is just, again, a lot of these are people I've listened to recently. Um, Christy Moreau, who does the Inheritance Games, the Inheritance Games series, she narrates the series by Jennifer Lynn Barnes. And we mentioned that series recently, so I won't get super into what it's about. But um, I think Christy Moreau did a great job of, of keeping me hooked to the audiobook. Like, the story obviously is very gripping, and it makes you want to be like, oh my god, what happened next? It'll have you gagging with the little twists and stuff like that. But um, I've listened to the first and the second one at this point, and I feel like Christy did a great job of just immersing me in the story and stuff like that. Because I feel like, as we said this whole episode, like, if it's, if the narration is off or off-putting in any way, it's like, it, you won't want to finish the book. And I, I zoomed through then the audiobooks narrated by her. So I think she did. And I felt like, did you, did you get a chance to listen to this one or did you read these books? Cause I know we were both reading. I read these books on print. Okay. So, yeah. Yeah. I felt like she did a great job of uh, portraying um, just, as you were saying before, like, narrating a teen, a teenager, Um, the tone of her voice. And then she's also, you know, narrating for teen male characters. And it's still believable. And so I think she did it. And adults, of course. So I think she did a great job. I enjoyed them greatly. Yay! So that... It's just some of the uh, some of the audiobook narrators we love and we think you should check out. And like, honestly, between those eight narrators that we listened, you could probably fill a couple years worth of reading, which is exciting. Seriously, especially with uh, Emily Wu Zeller. Oh, my God. <laughs> I, yeah, I know. I know. It's exciting to find, I think, new, like, it's an interesting added dimension to reading. Because like, if you find an author you love, like, obviously, you want to go through and like, read a lot of what they've, they've written. Mm-hmm. But then when you find an, an audiobook narrator you love, you want to go through and listen to like what they've done. And that like exposes you to so many more books and authors that you might not have picked up otherwise. So it's kind of fun. Yes. That's such a good point. Yeah. So yeah, well, we hope you find something that you enjoy in this episode. But unfortunately, we will have to wrap up because we're just running out of time. Mm-hmm. Thank you so much for tuning in this week. You can leave us feedback about the show on Apple Podcasts or Spotify. It helps um, let us know how we're doing, but also helps others find us. And of course, you can always email us at heyya@bookriot.com. Um, please, you know, give us feedback. Tell us who your favorite audiobook narrators are. Send us requests. We are happy to do that. And don't forget to visit bookriot.com for newsletters, more podcasts, and all things bookish. Thanks again to today's sponsors for making the show possible. And thanks as always to our awesome audio editor, Jen Zink. Um, you can follow me on Twitter and Instagram. I hang out at, at Tears of Price. How about you, Erica? I'm on Twitter very occasionally at Erica underscore easy E underscore. Awesome. Well, thanks so much for listening. And we will see you again in two weeks. 